thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribes, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe and they that were crucified with him reviled him. I want you to notice a number of reoccurring words here. Verse 30 where the words first occur. Save thyself and come down from the cross. Save yourself and descend. And then as they continue on mocking him, at the end of verse 31, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Again, the, the verbs to save occurring there. And then in verse 32, let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. The, the reoccurring thoughts, these verbs, save, save yourself. And then the other verb, come down. Come down now, descend. And so th those are the things that we're emphasizing tonight and thinking about. Remember that there is the name of Jesus means saviour. He's called Jesus because he saves his people. So, so the verb to save is related to his name. And perhaps the Jews are aware of this. He has the name of saviour. But he can't even save himself. You saved others. You're Jesus. You're the one who saves. You deliver. And you can't even Deliver yourself. Himself he cannot save. They emphasize. So, so they're mocking his name. And his office of a savior. And then they're implying it's very simple. It's not hard to save yourself. You said you can destroy the temple and build it in three days. And in the back of their mind they're aware of all the miracles. That he is related to have done. Saving others, you've saved others, you've delivered others, you delivered the leper, you delivered the blind, you delivered the sick. So it's not a very hard thing to do to save yourself. All you have to do is come down. That's all. Very simple. Descend. Come down. And yet he won't do it. And he won't save himself. And descend to do so. Now, there are many come-downs and dissensions in the Son of God. We know that, in a sense, he came down at creation and made this whole world, this cosmos. It was a stepping down to make a created world. He descended. And we know that he descended whenever the exodus took place. Didn't the Lord say, I am come down to deliver you? So the Lord is used to descending and coming down in the business of saving. And he came down in visitations at different times to the people in the Old Testament scriptures. And he came down in the incarnation. 
to take to himself a humanity and to dwell in the womb of a virgin. And he came down in, by his spirit at Pentecost. And he'll come down again at the end of the world when he returns. The Lord himself will descend. The Lord himself will come down. So there are very many coming downs by our Savior for our salvation. But this is one coming down he cannot participate in. And it requires his not coming down in order to save us. He doesn't come down in order to save us. So he doesn't save himself. That's the thing. To save us he cannot save himself. To save us he must give himself. And he can't come down. And the Lord never came down from the cross. He was taken down. That's different. It's someone else doing it. Taking him down. He's dead now. They take him down dead and they bury him. But he himself does not come down. He dies. He doesn't save himself. He sacrifices himself. He gives himself for us. Now think about what the Lord might have saved himself from if he came down. Just think about that for a moment. He could have saved himself from shame. The shame. The nakedness. The being numbered with the transgressors. Oh, the awful shame of it all. He could have come down and saved himself from the shame. And then he could have come down and saved himself from the suffering, the agony, the pain that was going through all his humanity, the awful pain. He could have come down and saved himself the pain and the suffering, but he didn't. He endured the cross. The Bible says he suffered for our sins. He didn't save himself from suffering, but he suffered for our sins. And then he could have saved himself from the curse, from the sin bearing, because he's there bearing sin. He's carrying the load of sin, the Lamb of God that bears the sin of the world. He could have come down and cast it all off, the sin bearing, his identification with sin. He could have removed it. And he could have saved himself from the sin that was what we call imputed unto him as he bears our guilt. And then he could have saved himself from this awful separation that he experienced. Because he goes on to say here, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The separation. And that was terrible. That wrenched a cry from his heart. That, But he could have saved himself from it. If he'd come down, he wouldn't have had to endure that separation. He could have come down, but he didn't. And he suffered the separation, and we don't even know what all of that means. But it was something horrific in the experience of Christ. And then he could have saved himself from the darkness. Darkness covers the whole land, it says in the text. And that must have been a very powerful sign to him as he's there on this cross suffering, and not even the sun shone upon him. 
even as the father's face seems to be hidden. So the son hides its face. And it must have been horrific. A horrific sign. A horrific symbol. That must have brought horror to Jesus Christ. The darkness. The penetrating darkness. He could have saved himself from that. And then all of these demons around him. Because the demons are present. And they're infilling all these people around about him. And these demons are tempting him and blaspheming him and attacking him and assaulting him. And he could have come down and saved himself from them. But no, it was not his choice. He's going to destroy them in his death. Not by coming down and leaving their presence. So he could have saved himself from that. And then he could have saved himself from the blasphemy and the reviling. They're wagging their heads. They're sticking out their tongues. They're saying all kinds of wicked things. Even the thieves are casting the same in his teeth as well. He could have saved himself all of that. But he didn't. And the reason why, brethren and sisters, is that he wants to save you from those things. The cross... Him not saving himself, that affects our salvation from these. All these things that I've described, you know what they are? Hell. They are hell. Because hell is shame, a place of shame where the worm dieth not. He didn't save himself from the shame. That we might be saved from the shame of hell. And then hell is a place of suffering. Torment. Of agony. The lake of fire. Body and soul in the lake of fire. A place of suffering. And he wouldn't save himself from the suffering. That he might save his people from the suffering of hell. And then the sin bearing. He has to bear the sin and he doesn't save himself from the sin so that his people will be saved from a hell always for all eternity burying their sin. And what a heavy load that is to be burying our sin in hell for all eternity. If Jesus had not saved us, so he bears the sin and he doesn't save himself from that, that he might save us from the sin burying in hell. He saves us from that. And then what is hell? It's separation from God, isn't it? Separation from God forever and ever. Unending separation from God, from the blessing, eternal curse, without any blessing, without any presence of God in blessing, only curse. He, he didn't save himself from that, from the curse and from the, from the separation, because he wanted to save us from the separation. That our sins would have brought us onto. Hell's an awful place. It's a place of darkness. It's outer darkness. It's blackness of darkness forever. And he didn't save himself from the darkness. So that we might be saved from the outer darkness. And the blackness of darkness. Do you see the connection? This affects our salvation. And he won't come down and save himself from it. As he descends into the hell of the suffering on the cross. 
And then the demonic assault. Because hell is not the place only of souls of human beings there forever and ever, but also of demons. And those demons are as nasty as ever in hell as they were in the world. It's an awful place to go to hell with the demons. Unspeakably unthinkable. But he didn't save himself from, from their presence. But rather destroyed them in his death. For his people. For their deliverance. From their bondage and their assault upon us. And they still attack us. But it's a losing battle on their behalf. Because of the victory of the cross. And then the sinners and the blasphemers. He didn't save himself from that. That he might save us for ever being with the wicked. And all of us living with blasphemy around our ears in hell. Because sin continues in hell and blasphemy continues in hell. Which is why hell is forever and ever and ever. Because sin is ongoing forever and ever. And so he didn't save himself from any of this. Do you see what our Lord has saved us from? From hell. And he bore hellish sufferings. So we have much to thank our dear Lord for, don't we? Aren't we glad he didn't save himself? How they strongly urged him. They didn't want him to, really. They wanted him to die. They didn't want him to save himself. And they didn't believe he could save himself. But they still said it. And he resisted it. He gave himself. Isn't he a marvelous saviour? Isn't he wonderful? He gave himself. Bless his name. May he have the glory. May he have the praise of our salvation. May we ever love him and ever trust him. And may he fill our lives with his own love. And help us not to be interested in saving ourselves. But in spending and being spent. For his name and his glory.